1: Charged Up Studio listeners and welcome back to another episode where you get charged up for success. And I'm Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Marketatomy LLC. And today we've got a very exciting podcast for you. Have you considered incorporating video into your overall marketing efforts? Now that we have moved into the virtual arena Video is fast becoming a must have tool for competing in a highly crowded environment. But you're unsure of how you would present on camera or how to get started. The idea of being front and center on social media scares the bejesus out of you. So luckily for you, we have an expert who can speak to how to put your best face forward on camera. Sandra D. Robinson is a speaker, author, actress, and host of the Unbridled Life podcast. Her mission is to empower leaders around the world by fine tuning their language and presentation, leadership, video, and media skills by unveiling their God-given communication strengths and abilities. So please let's all welcome to Charged Up Studio, Sandra D. Robinson.
0: Anna thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here and talking to your people. I love oh, to get yes. people charged up, so let's do it. Let's do
1: it. That's what it's all about. So before we delve into some questions, okay, can you briefly talk about what got you into acting and when did you start?
0: you know how did you come about with this? uh I sort of. I would say fell into it, but I had an idea once I had experienced it in school. So encourage your kids to do those art classes and see what sparks them, please. Um, but I, I experienced it and my real reason for becoming an actor was so that I didn't have to be me. So it was actually an escape from being me. I had some... Bad uh, programming, let's say, that came from my mother, Mm -hmm. who uh, repeatedly said, life would be better if you hadn't been born. And so with that programming, you know, my self-esteem was at a zero. And I thought, well, if I can be somebody else, and not only that, but if I really commit to being somebody else, I get good words for it. I get accolades for it. And I didn't get that at home. Was very yeah. critical home, and so you can see that it was attractive. It was attractive yeah. for me, and, and I've the heard bad. That. Go yeah. ahead. You've heard that I've from heard other that artists. I've heard a lot from other actors that I have spoken to. Yeah, it's a safe place. It was a safe place until it wasn't. And the <laughs> thing that changed for me, and it doesn't change for some people. For some people, they they spend their lives in that world of acting, and and it suits them. And I think I was programmed for something a little more. You know, I talk about helping people move from where they are to where they're designed to be. I wasn't designed to stay there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I, I started to get the experience of speaking up for the things that really meant something to me. And that was where I could find my voice. Outside of that, I had a very difficult time looking people in the eye standing up for myself, doing media interviews. You said, you know, if you identify with being terrified of being front and center in social media, I was terrified of being front and center of anything
1: unless I was
0: being someone else, unless I was given a character to hide behind, then I would do okay. And I even won a state pageant and went to Miss USA acting as if I was a winner in my mind. That's how I did it. But that's visualization. Yes. And it can work to a point. Uh-huh. And that's why I teach authentic leadership and communication, because you can fake it and you may make it slightly, but you're never going to reach your full potential unless you actually tap into what it is that you're designed to do and how you're designed to do it. And so that became very aware to me when I realized that I really couldn't present myself powerfully. I was given opportunities opportunity to, at that time, you know, we called it our hush money to do things like infomercials and co-host with other people and make a nice chunk of change in a day and sell a skincare product or something. And I had one episode that was an audition that was just horrifying. I went in and the, the director was all excited. I actually was his favorite that was coming in. There was only three people auditioning. So it was going to be a really nice payday. And all I wanted him to say was, be this and give me a character. And instead he said, just be yourself. And I lost it. I lost all confidence. I could not find my voice. I actually started shaking, like the worst case stage fright that you can ever imagine, where you lose your voice and your knees are knocking. Wow. And and I couldn't even remember my name. And I basically, emotionally at least, crawled out of that room. Wow. And it was a moment where I said, I either have to decide to go be a you know a Starbucks barista and leave what I'm doing or figure out what is and this is what i thought at the time wrong with me. Yeah. Wow. There was nothing wrong with nothing me. Nothing wrong. The only with thing you. wrong was i didn't see what was right with me. Right.
1: I had on the podcast a few weeks ago, um, Tyler Foley, are you familiar with who he is? No. Sean no. Tyler Foley. He's another actor. He's another actor who has gotten out of the acting business and speaks on public speaking But that. He basically went through the same thing that you're talking about is You know, he'd always been very confident and all of a sudden he was put in a situation where he was faced with reality, where uh, he was performing something on stage, a speech or something, and he was performing it before a veteran. It was about veterans, you know, and everything. And he said, I don't, I don't live up to this. This guy has got so much on me. What am I doing up here? speaking on stage to this guy, Uh he came to a you know a big realization too. So it's it's I've heard this a lot from other actors that I have spoken to. I mean I've gone through it my own my own life, not acting. I never got into the acting side of things, but pretending I'm somebody else. And by pretending I'm somebody else, I'm able to communicate and things like that. I've gotten over that. But in my earlier, it, it was the same thing. I grew up in a very dysfunctional family.
0: Yeah. And well, was, you know, we say that, Dana, but if we if we say we grew up in a dysfunctional family, it actually alludes to the possibility that there is actually a functional family somewhere. <laughs> that's true. I don't know <laughs> that's, if that's true. actually true. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is true. So, you know, but um, yeah, no, I would put on a, a, an air, a face, somebody I wasn't just to keep from people finding out what was really going on in my life. Yeah, so yeah, yeah yes. So let's get on with what we were talking about today, okay? Yes. Yes. So in choosing your acting career um, as your first career, all right, yes. many might think that you uh, are an extrovert, all right? And mm. this is a way of being confident on camera
0: and it comes yeah. naturally to you.
1: Is there a secret that you share with your clients to help them in this area?
0: Yes, uh, I am not an extrovert. And real quick, I just want to clarify that an extrovert versus introvert, and most people go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. But we tend to think of an extrovert as being very um, gregarious and outgoing and an introvert as somebody that wants to sit in the woods and knit uh, fly catchers, dream catchers for cats. You know, it's not that (laughs) we don't have to be isolated in order to be happy. It's just where we each recharge An extrovert recharges when with people and introvert recharges when they're by themselves. I definitely am an introvert. Um, although I love speaking, I, I dig it. I just need time to rest afterwards and rejuvenate. That's all that means. So nothing about introvert or extrovert means that you can't be fantastic and charismatic on camera at all. And I have actually had people that I've spoken, that I've spoken at conferences that were extremely quiet, rather even diminutive in size, soft-spoken individuals, and they commanded the room as a keynoted conference after I worked with them. So it's really just knowing who you are and what you're bringing to the table. If that thing means enough to you, remember I said I found my voice when I was speaking about things that were most important to me. One of the first things was um, an animal sanctuary that actually taught children by showing the story behind a lot of these animals that were abused and even maimed. And you know, uh, it was be- It was a beautiful thing that they were doing, but they didn't have a lot of money. And so I actually brought in celebrities, found the courage to ask celebrities that I didn't know, and bust them in on a school bus, no less, to the sanctuary. And we raised money for several years in a row. And I would get up on stage and talk about that because I thought that the value of what kids and and adults can learn from these animals and the situations and the compassion and the empathy that came from this experience of being at this sanctuary slash zoo, I thought it was so valuable to families that I found my voice because it meant something to me. Now, since then there have been other topics that have meant a lot to me, a lot of them very similar though, you know, environment and and kids. And right. there, there are definitely things that are very important to me that I find my voice more powerfully. That's the key. Speak yeah. on something that you are your so passion. passionate about. Yes. Yeah. Passion as you, as you. Yes. that's what yes. you're passionate about, what you do. And right. you can see it. Your face lights up when you start talking about who you serve. And that is the key. When I first started teaching people on camera, I was teaching television hosts, ironically, because of my situation, right? I just told you about the story where I was asked to be a host and I failed. I ended up teaching that. And one of the things that I would first ask them before I even looked at the script that they were supposed to be saying was, what lights you up? What do you do in your spare time? And I would wait to see that spark. And that's where I would start working that's what we want to see. That's the charisma. That's the magnetism that people have when they're on camera. So the funny thing is when you do that, it's actually easy. It should feel like you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. You know, when, when you're speaking about
1: what you're passionate about, it makes it easier for you to manage the hurdles that you're going to encounter, especially in business. You know, if you're passionate about what you're doing, um, it's easier to manage those hurdles.
0: It's so true. I always tell people, whether they're getting on camera or they're getting on stage, if they say, I feel really self-conscious, that's it's very common to do that, as you said, to be in front of the camera on social media or in a YouTube video or something. If you have not grown up with a selfie stick in your hand, it's a little foreign and it's strange. We're not used to seeing ourselves in walking, talking, motion, you know, it's different. And hearing our voice and all of that. And so there is a little bit of a tunnel of self-deprecation, I call it, that you have to maneuver through. And then once you get to the other side, sometimes it takes some help. That's why I'm a coach. That's what I do. I get people through that. On the other side of that, it's it's much more freeing and you have a definite sense of self and what you're bringing to the table and what your personal brand is. I do a lot around that, your personal brand. What do people love about you? Right. And when you start realizing what they have always reacted to is what you're actually able To put out front, then you actually feel like it's a fun thing to be in front of people. And when I help people on stage and on camera that have that fear of being self conscious, I say, when you are aware that you are self conscious and that you're starting to self criticize, because that goes downhill from there, right? (laughs) You start to like really, you know, have trouble. So when you feel that coming on, instantly reconnect with. What is the message that you have to get across? Who needs it the most? And what is the urgency? In other words, what happens if the one person that needs it the most doesn't get your message? Because what happens-
1: you're too scared. Yes. Because you're too frightened to, to speak your mind. Yes. And that's where we get to authenticity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this right. Okay. Um, you, you said that authenticity is an activator in our current it social is. and business environments.
0: What do you mean by that what i mean by that is that we are done with fake we're done with the stage scripts we're done with the false voice with the performance that we've seen for so many years And I think we so, or maybe it's 2020 that has taken us through that, right, where we just started to want something real. We wanted to see people in person. We want to touch people. We want to feel things. We want to have a moment to actually rest once we got the the chance being forced to sometimes to do that, to just sit. We went, wow, this is a whole different experience. This is real. I want to hold on to this. And we realize what is important in relationships. Mm-hmm. Because of that, I think that our indicator light goes on whenever somebody seems insincere, or they seem like they're reading a script, or they seem like they are presenting. It's not about that, it's not about being perfect. And I had one of the best things that I had an acting coach actually say to me, and he just threw it out there and it stuck with me more than anything he ever taught. He said, Stop trying to be perfect. Human beings are drawn to the brokenness in each other, not perfection.
1: It's funny because I, um, I, as one of my books that I've been in, it was a co-authored book with several different authors, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a perfectionist by nature, all the time, and so it took me two years to get in front of the camera, on Zoom and things like that. It's it it was a long process, but um, in the beginning the chapter that I had to write on was on public speaking and my journey to that. And the title of it was a note to my perfectionist. Self: shut up and sit down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a oh, recovering yeah. perfectionist myself. So I yeah. Get yeah,
1: yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, even now, you know, when I do my podcast recordings, there are editing it's I've done a few of them live. And it's actually turned out pretty good, but most of them I do end up editing because I have a tendency to say, okay, um, you know, those, those, you know, they're, that's, that's human. That's human. Exactly. But it gets a little monotonous after a while. So (laughs) I kind of edit some of those out, but this is important for our audience to understand is there are editing packages out there. You can edit out a lot of this stuff, but don't worry about it. Don't try and be a perfectionist. So um, you have a list of words that you suggest avoiding when communicating to an audience um, or a potential client, because the truth of the matter is you don't have to be on stage to be speaking public. You're right in front of a client and you're speaking public. Okay. Or even team members, people that you work with. So what are these words?
0: There are a a slew of them that you, if I say them, you'll automatically go, oh yeah, sure, I get that. So there are words like need, want, have to, should, shouldn't, if, because, but. All of those things have a way of sometimes even negating what it is that you're about to say or at least taking the power away from it or taking the power away from someone else in the case of the words need, should have to. So those are things that we've probably heard before. And what's amazing is that if you start actually logging, how often you say those things, you suddenly realize, whoa, I do this a lot. You start listening to presenters and listen to the ones that really magnetize people, that keep them keep the audience enraptured. It's amazing how you start to realize that their language is as I call it clean. They use very little of those. Because they practiced them forever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what it is, is they have much more intentional way of speaking. So Mm -hmm. if ever, there's that word if, but when you find yourself in a situation where you're using one of those phrases, like I have to go at the top of the hour, wait a second. Let's rephrase that. My intention is to be on time for my next appointment so I'll be logging off at the top of the hour. No one can argue that. Mm-hmm. That shows your intention. You're coming from your intention. Wow. If you're sitting down with someone that you have to reprimand on a team, instead of saying, you have to do better, in a sense, you say, my intention is to make sure this team runs with great flow. You know, or my intention is to help you increase <laughs> your personal revenue while you're in this team. Then- Automatically, there's a different light on it than saying you right. have to, you should. Right. And depending on your audience, I mean, I get with my clients, my private clients, I get annoyingly specific on, on words sometimes right. because it really depends if you're talking to the masses, if you're talking to a group of startup entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs versus talking to a group of CEOs. Right. Right. The word you suddenly means something completely different to both of those audiences. You wouldn't walk into a CEO's office and say, here's what I think you should do. Yeah, because you're talking down to them. That's how they'll see it. If it's not how you mean it necessarily, but it's how it will be perceived. Because you're talking to somebody that has probably worked in that industry for a while, worked their butt off to get to where they are. They Mm -hmm. are responsible for the daily occurrences of that company. And they have some ego and some pride, and perhaps rightfully so.
1: Right. No, so we, and we
0: shouldn't a,
1: be negating
0: that, you know. Right. No. Exactly. We shouldn't be. <laughs> we shouldn't it's, be. it's 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 uh, There are better ways. There are more effective ways. Better is actually a word, too. Um, there are more effective ways to communicate with that individual, which would be sometimes just saying, I see what your situation is and why you've brought me in as your consultant. I identify so the I just problem. did a faux pas there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should. I know, but I see what your I see what the the issue in your company is. Here's what I would do, and then you invite that CEO or C suite person to be able to step in safely to the conversation and actually put themselves in your shoes. You're saying what you would do. That is what a trusted consultant is. If you're talking to people that are just starting up in their business, saying you is not necessarily something that you need to run away from because depending on how you coach or how you teach or what it is that you're offering, if you are a guru that gets up and says, hey, I know that you need this, right? There's two things right there. You go, oh, she just said she shouldn't say that. But you see, I know that I needed this when I was in your shoes, just getting started. I have a five point system that'll help you organize your social media and get your marketing out there on time. Well, then you are speaking as a guru and it's not not necessarily deterrent for someone to use those words, the word you. So it gets a little, like I said, I get really specific because I talk on personal brand. I talk on what is going to be right for you to come out of your mouth, right. what is going to be right for them, Your 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 best, most ideal audience member or mm-hmm. target client. What is it that's going to light them up? It's all about lighting people up, charged up. It's all yeah. about lighting people yeah. up.
1: And that's exactly it. When I talk to my clients, we're first meeting and everything. I tell them, I said, I've been there. I've done that. Yes. I know exactly what you're going through. Yes. And that's what gives me the expertise to be able to talk to you
0: about this. Yes. It's part of what we call that sage appeal. Right. 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 So you probably attract people that are attracted to that. Yeah. to that. They want
1: to know that they're talking to somebody who understands them. Yes, And if you cannot put that across, it's the difference between me as a business strategist and hiring somebody who is, is, um, say, a PhD or a master's in strategic planning or, or as a strategist. Um, I've been on uh, panels with other strategists, and I've found myself in the past comparing myself to them. Oh, yeah. But recently, uh, not recently, probably about three years ago, I was on a panel with a couple of other ones. And one of the strategists, a friend of mine, Harry, um, got me down uh, after the panel and said, we need to talk. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, crap, what did I do? You know, what did thinking I you did something wrong. wrong? <laughs> I thought I did something wrong. So Harry and I were over coffee and he and he looked at me and I said, what's wrong? And he says, you know, you're poop. And I said, what? And he says, you know what you're talking about. And I told him, I said, Harry, I said, that means a lot coming from you, you know, because I look up to you. And he told me, he says, no, he says, you know, as much as myself and any of those other strategists, you just deliver it in a different way. And And how
0: important and valuable and needed that is got me over that hurdle of comparing myself to other strategists. But that's human nature. That is kind of what we do. We compare ourselves, and it's great that you can now, you because of that experience, and thank him again every time, right? That you see, but because of that, now you have the ability to recognize when you're doing it, and and I can communicate that. Yes, 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 Yes. Yes. yeah, which is incredible. You know, the most I just had an experience with somebody on the phone um, two days ago. In fact, Mm -hmm. Um, a woman named Halise Bridges, who you know, Dana. Grandma Mm -hmm. Sparky, who Mm -hmm. (laughs) her whole mission is to create harmony on the planet. And so she speaks. That's a big dream. (laughs) It's a big dream. She goes big. She is 79 years old, and she spoke on the situation where just what you're saying, and I want to share this because it was so powerful for me, and I'm hoping it will be for your listeners as well. She said, I was called, and she told me the roundabout way that she ended up at this international Digital Economic Forum. So she's up there with these all men, by the way, she's the only woman. And they are all standing up and they hired, they brought her in as the final speaker for the day. And she she found herself there. They flew her in. They first asked her to pay her way and she said, no, thank you very much. And so they, okay, everything is paid. We had a gentleman that paid your way. He wants you here so badly. So she shows up and she realizes she's the only female. She is in her 70s.
1: And, and she's they're, speaking on digital technology? And, she, and
0: this is on digital. And she stands there to them. And at one point, she goes, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know a thing about this technology. And one of the gentlemen looked at her and he says, you just do you. And she said, OK, if you know her, she's very perky, right? Said, OK, I'll just do me. So they all speak. And she goes, I'm watching them all. And they're all talking about this digital this and the technical that. She goes, and I don't understand any of it. She said, so I just get up and I'm the last speaker. She said, and I walk up there and I look at the audience and said, I'm not here to teach you anything. I'm here to love you. Wow. And she went from that into what she does. She did her. Wow. And at the end, she walked off and she did her usual greeting of everybody. And she walked into this room where all of the other speakers were having lunch. She said, and as I walked in, they all had their heads down writing. And she thought, what am I missing? Right. Uh So she walks in and she goes, what are you doing? What are we doing? And they all looked up at her and they said, we're taking your notes. We're not here to teach you. You, I'm not here to teach you. I'm here to love you. We have never heard anybody start like that. Amazing. Oh my goodness. And she spent the good bit of the morning going, why am I here? Comparing herself to everybody else. Right. Right. That's exactly it. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So let's I mean, keep going here. Yes. <laughs> so you avoid the word performance when you discuss how
0: I to create our presenters. Okay. So why do you do that? Why is it a bad word? Well, it's not necessarily bad if it's used in the right order when I'm coaching. So that's uh-huh. how I look at it. If somebody says, oh, you're a performance coach, I kind of cringe a little bit because I know from my own experience that the Magnetism, the charisma that comes from a speaker, or presenter is what comes from the inside.
1: Mm-hmm. And it sounds
0: so cliche because I said I mentioned that I'd done pageants, right? For a few years, I was lucky enough to go national, actually international with pageants within two and a half years when I was a teenager. And you always get these plaques that say beauty comes from within you know, when you're 16, it's like, yeah, whatever. Okay. But when I get older, I realize, you know, there is definitely something to that because I have an alchemist way of working with people. I like to see that beauty that's within and then pull it out. Mm -hmm. And it's different with every person. And it's magical when we're able to do that. And until we figure out what that thing is though, and until Mm -hmm. we figure out what people love about you as a as a human being, Right. We can't give you performance because performance is what I had when I would go in as an actor. I would perform. Yep. But I couldn't pull people into action unless I was coming from a real heartfelt, authentic place. I was going to say, it's
1: not authentic. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Exactly.
0: So the performance I think of as if you think of a tree... The roots are the thing that I start working on, right? You feed the roots and then the tree gets healthier. And then what do you have? You have, if it's a fruit tree, you've got those beautiful blossoms and then you'll have fruit. Right. Well, if you clip those blossoms like we sometimes do in the springtime and you put them into a vase, what happens? Eventually they die and you yeah. get no fruit. Right. And you want fruit from your business. All of your efforts should produce fruit. That's, that's, there's a word, should. Yeah. Uh-huh. When you work it well, <laughs> you should right. be producing fruit. Right in your life and in your business and that's what is going to have you feeling like you have an abundant life.
1: It's not going to just come to you. You've got to work for it, you know. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you know, you you've got to nurture it. You've got to you've yes. got to feed it. And if you can't feed it, if you just expect it just to come, it's never going to come.
0: I'm doing something um, right now that I, I'm inventing as I'm going along, but I'm doing it with my Facebook group. I said, let's do 40 days of faith. So every day I sit quietly and it, it kind of, I want to almost like channels to me. This is what we're talk- talking about today. And the faith part of it, one of the first things that came to me was faith doesn't make what you need to accomplish easy. Mm-hmm. It makes it possible. So, that's something that stuck with me. I'm like, it's so true. It, it allows things to come to you that you need, but you have to get into action. You have to make that right. step. And you have to understand when it comes,
1: um, you can have faith. You can believe. And this is one of the things I've also struggled with in the past. Okay. You can believe and have faith that you can do something, but if you're not willing to accept the rewards at the end, okay, you're just going to sabotage yourself. Yes. Okay. You do this for a purpose. And if you can't recognize when the accomplishments are recognized, yes. you're you're not going to get anywhere either.
0: That's the art of receiving. Yeah. Yeah. And I've and- spent a lot of time <laughs> <Me> working <too. laughs> on that and helping clients work on that. Women in particular, mm-hmm. I'm gonna call out, I have a very difficult time starting with receiving compliments. Yeah. How often exactly do it. I say to someone that is a beautiful dress yeah. or your hair looks lovely today? Oh, oh no, it it's not, you know, it's not the right shade or oh, I have to have my roots done or the dress is beautiful on you. Oh, thank you. This thing is so old or oh, I didn't pay much for it. I got it on sale. Just say thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> my <laughs> husband my husband is very good at giving
1: compliments. You know, lucky you, women all the time. You know, (laughs) he is. He's very good at it. But no, you're right. You know, and sometimes it's not even a matter of saying thank you. It's a matter of accepting the feedback for what it is.
0: Yes, very true.
1: Yes, accepting the feedback for what it is. Yes, if it's if it's positive or negative, if it's feedback that's like you said, offering a suggestion. Or offering help, you know, take it yes. as it is.
0: It's ammunition for growth. Yeah, ammunition for growth.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's three questions to help us begin to create more authentic and powerful personal
0: brands for ourselves. What are they? Aha! First of all, what is it that lights you up? What are we you passionate about? about? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, what is it that uh, you would change if you could? Now think big you know, like we mentioned our friend, grandma's spark, <laughs> think big, you know, uh, and, and you can start small, but have that big vision. And so my question is if there's one thing in the world that you could change, what would it be? And it may be that the work that you are doing is directly related to that. It may be that the work you're doing is going to create resources that can help that. It may be that you just need to meet people in order to make that difference. It may be that that is part of your brand, but what is that, that thing that, that combination really of all three. gets you excited?
1: <laughs> the combination of all three.
0: <laughs> What's that? Combination yes. of all three. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No, definitely. Yes. Exactly. Um, and, and who do you need to attract? That's important. That's part of that of that personal brand is who is it that you're talking to? And we've seen a thousand different heard a thousand different ways to get your target, you know, client and your avatar and all that. Don't think of it as an avatar, think of it as an actual human being. So when I'm talking to somebody about how to talk through the camera because quite often we start talking to a video camera, it feels so weird. I have had international best-selling authors and speakers that have gone worldwide that have pulled me aside and gone, I can't do video and they can, of course, but they say, I can't. That's one of those words, by the way, avoid that one, avoid anything that has the word not attached to it. Uh, But they'll say, I I have such a hard time when that light goes on, it feels so crappy. And the reason is we're used to, especially speakers are used to getting that feedback from the other person in the room. We're used to knowing what the temperature is. Are we landing? Are we not landing? Mm -hmm. and when we don't see that it feels like our own energy is just bouncing back at us so the solution is to get really clear on who it is you're talking to by thinking of someone that you have helped with your wisdom with your expertise with your product Mm -hmm. and preferably somebody that actually said in person to you their gratitude say they said thank you that you've changed something for them and get really because i have people go, oh i've helped so many people No, no 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 choose one One, get really clear on the moment that they thanked you. Go back to that. And it's an actor's exercise, actually, to go back and do sense memory recall. Remember that moment, the sights, the sounds, the smells. How was it? Was it hot? Was it cold? Was it light? Was it dark? What were they wearing? What did they say to you? How did they look when they said it? And mostly, how did it make you feel? Right. That changes so much of your countenance from the way you look, the way you're standing, the way you sound. And it actually gets your endorphins going a little bit. It gets the dopamine going or the serotonin. It gets you feeling a little bit higher. And as you want to say, vibrating maybe a little higher. Uh Now is the time when you're in that space to open up your eyes, look through that camera lens right past the red or the green dot and speak to that person. Now your tone is very specific. Your intention is there. So that's what I mean. Know who you're talking to. To really know who you're right. talking to, and you can do the same thing if you're talking to an audience. Um, you know, so a little bit of different techniques that I throw in on that, but it's the same thing. You're looking for that individual sitting in that audience. That's right. the tone that you're using. Very specific. I, it's very specific. Wow. Yeah. So we're coming up to the end of another
1: podcast here on Charged Up Studio. And Sandra, do you have any
0: last minute advice? our audience oh i have something to give all right i have something to give. Okay. Uh, we put we put together um for another i think we did a summit mm-hmm. and we put together this little thing called a brand bundle so we're talking about how to find y- your personal brand and stand in that and allow that to move you forward into everything that you're doing in your message delivery and all of that so this little brand bundle is pretty cool it actually has a a list of touch points for your brand which are a suggestion for making sure that your brand is congruent whenever somebody calls you, looks at your email, looks at your cards, all the different things before, during, and after they are your client, your patient, your customer. Um, And then there's a few other little little goodies in there that'll be able to help you really kind of come clear on that and feel like you're coming from a really strong place the next time that you present on camera or on stage. All right. So how can they get a hold of you? My, oh, I, That's easy. Robinson.com. And it is Sandra D. like the old actress or Sandra D. like in Greece. I hated it growing up, but now I like it because it is. I watch all- it all
1: the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I so, will also be putting the link into the transcript
0: uh, once this podcast is uploaded. So you'll be awesome. And you can, find well. me, you can find me on all social media as well.
1: Very yeah. good. Sandra D. Robinson. Yes. So once again, this marks the end of another episode of Charged Up Studio, when small business entrepreneurs get charged up for success. Please don't forget to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on, or visit our Facebook page, Charged Up Studio, and leave a review. For more information on Market Marketatomy, go to marketatomy.com. This is Dana Olivo signing off for another week, and I look forward to Talking to you again next week. Bye-bye. And you can always reach us at info at com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon.